today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I don't know if that's how you see the Apostle Paul. I know for me, I see him as this man, this mighty man, mightily used of God, unflinching fearlessness. But yet, there was this other side to Paul. He had a huge heart. He had a soft heart. I see Paul as being a very loving man. Oh, how he loved people. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Timothy. The Apostle Paul was an intense guy. It's easy to have that be the impression you get from reading about him, but that's not all that Paul was about. Pastor J.D. will be teaching today about another side of Paul, the pastoral side. You'll hear about his care and concern for one of his favorite people, Timothy. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today we are going to begin our study through 2 Timothy chapter 1, and our text will be verses 1 through 8. We'll encourage you and invite you at this time to turn there. Really looking forward to what the Lord has for us today, as I think you're going to see here in a moment. It doesn't matter where you're at in God's Word. Because where you're at in God's Word is where you're at. That's not a play on words. Because God's Word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it doesn't matter where you're at in God's Word. It speaks to where you're at in your Christian life. And such is the case today, as I'm sure you're going to see here shortly. So, you can follow along as I read. Beginning in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, verse 3, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, verse 7, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony 
about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. I want to talk with you today about surviving the storm that seems to be on the horizon, chiefly that of what I see as a dark winter. How's that for an introduction? Oh, Pastor, wow. So in the text that we have before us today, the Apostle Paul is exhorting Timothy concerning that which he at that time there in Ephesus was facing. It was quite a crisis that he faced. And Paul, because of his love for Timothy, writes this second letter to Timothy. And it's important to understand that this is his last letter. And Paul knows it. Paul, as he writes this letter by the Holy Spirit, is unjustly imprisoned. And when you think of this, think of a dungeon of a prison where you're sent to die. Unbeknownst to him, and according to church historians, he's likely weeks away from being beheaded. This is the last letter he'll write, and he writes it to Timothy. What's striking to me, especially in the first five verses, I don't know if you notice it or not as we read it, but there's this raw emotion on the part of the Apostle Paul towards Timothy. Timothy is like a son to him, and he loves this man so much. He's really a son in the faith. Paul had fathered him in the faith. And Paul is recalling what appears to be the last time he saw Timothy. And apparently it was quite emotional. And it was the last time they would see each other. But he recalls how Timothy just wept the last time. They were both together. It seems Paul is waxing sentimental. I don't know if that's how you see the Apostle Paul. I know for me, I see him as this man, this mighty man, mightily used of God, unflinching fearlessness. But yet there was this other side to Paul. He had a huge heart. He had a soft heart. I see Paul as being a very loving man. Oh, how he loved people. So here he's kind of traveling down memory lane. As he mentions Timothy's grandmother by name, Lois, and his mother Eunice. And in so doing, he's reminded of Timothy's sincere faith. And he says that night and day, he constantly 
remembered Timothy in his prayers. Wow. How would you like to be on the Apostle Paul's prayer list? Timothy was. Not only was Paul praying for Timothy, he also deemed it necessary to write this second letter to Timothy so as to prepare him. Prepare him for what? Understand, Paul's not going to be there for him. And Paul knows what he's facing and what's coming. And he wants to prepare him. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to draw your attention to four ways here in our text that we can be steadied and readied for the storm that lies ahead. And make no mistake about it, a storm lies ahead. I would venture to say that what we just witnessed this last week is an indication of what's coming, not just for us here in America. What's happening to America is an indication of what's going to happen to the entire world. And it's happening. And it's coming. Oh, pastor. Wow. Doom and gloom. There you go again. Well, you know what? I make no apologies. Because see, I am accountable to God, because I'm going to stand before Him one day, and I'm going to have to give an account for what I did with the profound privilege that He gave me to stand before you, His church, His people. Did I speak the truth to you in love? Or did I sidestep it? Because you don't want to hear it. I have to confess, I don't want to hear it either. You think I want to hear this? I don't want to hear it, let alone teach it. But it's the truth. It's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. This is what's coming. So the first one in verse 6, it's that of rekindling the flame. It's a good place to start. Here Paul reminds Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God, which was already in him through the laying on of hands by the Apostle Paul himself. It sounds like Timothy probably, in all fairness, unwittingly, let the fire that he once had slowly burn out, which is why it needed to be rekindled. I would suggest that in the days ahead, we desperately need to stoke the fire of our faith. Well, let me qualify that. If we're to have any hope of surviving, let alone thriving in the days ahead with what's coming, let me say it this way. Not only will we as God's people not survive, let alone thrive, this has the propensity to determine how we're going to bode 
in the days that lie ahead. Pastor, you're kind of intense today. Well, I need to be. That flame that once burned bright in that day when we were on fire for the Lord. And the problem is, is that as time has went on and things have happened and the spiritual warfare, I don't want to give the enemy too much. You know, there's a fine line there, there's a balance where you can kind of err on one side or the other. You can either go to one extreme and give the enemy too much credit, or you can go to the other extreme and sort of dismiss him and not give him enough credit. But there's a healthy balance there in the middle, and make no mistake about it. The enemy does not want you to hear the Word of God today. So he will do whatever he can to bring whatever distraction he can to get your mind to wander so you miss this. What I am speaking of today is the word of life. These are words of life. And what's at stake here is the survival of God's people in the days that lie ahead. Again, I know that sounds intense and blunt, but it's the truth. And far be it from me not to sound the alarm as a watchman on the wall who sees what's coming and doesn't warn God's people, because if that's the case, then your blood is on my hands. But conversely, if I do warn you about what's coming, and it's coming, and you don't take heed, then it's not on me. It's on you. Let's talk about this before we move on to the second one, which I want to spend some time on. How do you fan the flame? How do you rekindle that which burns so bright at one time? How does faith come? By hearing the Word of God. It's been said that one week without God's Word makes one week. Come on, you got that right. Tell me you got that right. Yeah. Do I need to do that over again? That was a play on words, by the way. Every time we get into the Word, the Word gets into us, and it's like putting another log on the fire, the fresh fire on the altar of God's Word. I wonder when it was what it was that Paul did, but it seems that God had Paul lay his hands on Timothy when God called Timothy. And you kind of get a glimpse of what Timothy's personality was like. He was kind of one of those introverts, easily intimidated, kind of shy a little bit. Isn't that how it is though? God chooses the shy <laughs> to get up in front of people and preach and teach the Word. You know why, by the way, right? It's because only He gets the glory. Because when they look at someone like a Timothy, and I pray someone like myself, and they say, wow, <laughs> if God can speak through him, <laughs> He can speak through anyone. That's true. God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. 
the weak, to shame the strong. But it seems that the difficulties Timothy faced had gotten the best of him. And it was the reason why that flame needed to be rekindled. Let me just say lastly on this before we go to verse 7. If there was ever a time that we needed to rekindle the flame, the fire of our faith, that time is now. See, we're all prone to neglect it. You know how it is, not so much here in Hawaii, but when you neglect a fire, it's going to eventually go out. There's two ways to put a fire out, neglect it or pour water on it. Either way, it's going out. And maybe for some here today, you've neglected it. And it's starting to kind of fizzle out. You know how it is when you even blow on it? It's rekindled anew. The second one is in verse 7, and it's a biggie. Some of your translations render this verse, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's a very well-known verse, often quoted verse, but I think we do err greatly thinking that we fully understand what it is that Paul by the Spirit is saying to Timothy, and what the church, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church today. The word for fear carries with it the idea of being intimidated, cowering, or faltering under the fear and the intimidation. And what Paul is saying is, this is no time to shrink back. This is no time to be intimidated or to be given over to fear, because the Holy Spirit does not give us fear. What does the Holy Spirit give us? Power. Dunamis in the original language, where we get our English word for dynamite. I just had to say it like that. Dunamis, dynamite. Reminds me of that sitcom of old. I'm sorry to do this for those of you, but I just had a flashback. What was that one sitcom? Dynamite! Yeah? Well, that's what it is. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And not just power, because the Holy Spirit doesn't just empower us, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit is this next word that Paul says, and it's the word love. And then, that's not all. Sorry if that sounds like an infomercial. (laughs) But get this. Power, love, and a disciplined mind. Stay with me the power, the ability, the empowering, the enabling to discipline our minds the way we would discipline our children. You need to be a strict disciplinarian with your mind, because that's where the battleground is. And Satan knows it. He doesn't want you to know it, because then, see, he's going to put thoughts in your mind 
And if you don't have a disciplined mind, you're like, no way. He's right there. Yeah, way. No. And there's the fear. And then we cower under the weight, the crushing weight of that fear. Fear is a killer. And not just in the spiritual sense, but in the physical sense too. Do you know how much damage is done physiologically? Just because of fear, it affects every part of your body. And that's why we have to have disciplined minds. And this is what Paul was referring to when he said, take every thought captive, catch it. Don't just let it in and set the table and invite it in for dinner. Here comes this thought. It's not of the Lord, because the Lord's not going to ever give you a fearful thought. So here comes this thought. (laughs) Do you hear what the pastor preached on Sunday? It's coming. What are we going to do? And Satan's right there. Fear. You take that and you say, not so fast. You have to understand that this is a discipline. My mind is disciplined. And I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to make sure that it's compatible and consistent with what God's Word says. And if it's not compatible and consistent with what God's Word says, then out you go. No entry. You cannot come in. I don't care if you wear a mask. You're still not coming in. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. That's just whatever. It's kind of like not compatible with God's Word. No entrance, you know. You can't come in. You probably already know where I'm going with this, so I might as well just get to the point. This is no time to be afraid. Fear (laughs) instead of faith at a time like this. It's been said, it's, I love sayings like this, sadly they become cliche. But it's been said, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. There's a lot of things right now, particularly here in America, that are very uncertain. What's going to happen? Well, I don't know. But here's what I do know. God is seated on the throne. Seated on the throne. We talked about this at the Prophecy Update. He's not pacing back and forth in front of the throne. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support, comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of 2 Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast prophecy updates and an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study wisdom from the book of 2 Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. 